0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life
1: podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast.
2: Welcome to uh, another remote episode of Hip Hop Save My Life. Um, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but uh, Rupert is not with us uh, today. We are joined by the sometime Hip Hop Save My Life contributor. I don't know if contributor is the right word. Uh, Ben Green. Hello, Ben. How are you? Uh,
3: Good. How are you? Nice to be back. Thanks for for inviting me Um, and being so keen to get me on again.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it has been a while since you've been on. I would also say um yeah. that you're here sort of by request aren't you and and not by my request, sort of your request aren't you because th- th- there's a there's a couple of reasons why Ben's on the podcast today. one is that Rupert's working on a film and so he's he gets very tired and it's very difficult for him to get the energy up to make the three verbal contributions that he makes in an hour uh, on the podcast so he's <laughs> he's taken the night off and also you're a big fan of the guests that we have on
3: today right Ah, uh, yeah big fan of the, yeah. Indeed, am I, am I allowed to say, is it, are you going to do some reveal? Is that? Do I,
2: no, no, you can you can refer to him by name. I mean, he's sitting here watching us have this chat. It's weird, so. it feels, it's also feels weird as <laughs> yeah, you weird.
3: announcing that before having this chat. Cause now oh, I right, sorry. To
2: oh, fuck, sorry. Should I have said that at the end?
3: Well, just not said it, just sort of go like, oh, we've got you on because... You provide really interesting insights into hip-hop culture. You've got really funny sort of anecdotes that you want to share. Anything along those lines. I think saying you've only brought me on because I've requested it because I'm a massive fan of Munya is an awful way to start
2: this <laughs> way. I'd say I'd say the only person it's awful for is you, really. I mean, it's, 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 it's great for me. It's certainly great for Munya. Uh, I think it's... Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Um,
3: yeah. No, good. I'm pleased we we'll- This has gone so well for me, thank you.
2: Good, well, good to have you here. Um, Without any any more pissing about, we are delighted to have... It's difficult to sort of, basically... I was about to say, like, the hottest comedic talent out right now, but then that implies that this is, like, a moment, whereas I think he's going to have a very long career. So, but we are joined by the legend that is Munya Chihuahua. How you doing, mate?
1: All right, lads. I am absolutely um, ecstatic to be on the pod. It was weird having to watch you talk about me without being able to say anything. It was like watching a really strange iteration of The Sims.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah did it feel Did it feel good uh, or awful? Uh,
1: well, I don't know. I mean when i when I met Ben, he didn't look starstruck. You know, it looked like it had been a very long day for him, and he thought, "Oh, what's all this now?" So to hear that he's a fan <laughs> is, is good news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 ad- I mean, does
3: it does it sort of? You didn't seem that fussed that hearing that I was a fan. I guess it's not maybe on your top list of accolades. Yeah, I think
1: that's all I've been working towards, to, sure, to be honest. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is just a victory <laughs> lap great. now.
3: That's great.
2: Yeah, M- Mune, the, whole, the whole long game of what Munya's been doing is to get you as a fan, and he's achieved <laughs> it now. So... Congratulations! It sounds like you
3: also I wanted to be on the podcast. It's two things at once. It's uh,
1: yeah. I mean, what, what a day? Yeah, I know. Honestly, you. this is the, yeah. This is the victory lap at this point. But no, I'm excited to be on the podcast because I number one, Romesh, I, I love you. Obviously, well, hang on. That sounds a bit too romantic. I love what you do, Romesh, on stage. And so, well, likewise. Mate. When I saw, uh, you know, when I heard that you did this podcast about you know hip hop, which I have listened to a few episodes before when uh, Rupert was on. Um, Sorry, Ben, that wasn't a sort of indirect... (laughs) it felt felt really unnecessarily pensive. Sorry. It was utterly unnecessary.
3: Considering the only thing you know about me is that I like the stuff that you do, to then decide to sort of single out my rival and competitor. That's the one you listen to. Listen,
1: my point being, it's a fusion of two things I take much enjoyment from. So I'm happy to be there.
2: It's right. amazing how quickly you can go off someone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, listen man, it's it's so good to have you on. Does it feel like cuz obviously that you are and look, I think you're obviously you're you're at the beginning. I know you've been going for a while, but you're at the beginning of your of your trajectory really, I think. I think, you know, and I don't know how it feels from your side of things but it feels like you're you're sort of you've just sort of exploded into everybody's kind of conscience I mean I know you've been going for a while and people have known about you for a while but it feels like it's taken a step up right
1: definitely I mean look I will say I've tried to find a space as an entertainer for a long time trying all sorts of different things you know I tried to do like a sort of 60 second satirical wrap up on Twitter. I used to do that every week, six and 60 seconds. It was like six stories in 60 seconds. I tried being a, a fashion vlogger, which went awful. You know, I was I was very much trying to brand myself as, as the Zimbabwean Zoella, which was never going to work. And, um, you know, I just was trying everything. And I was thinking to myself, something's got to work. Right. And so the sketches had started to pick up momentum, you know, for the last year and a half. And I guess all it was is I was doing the same thing, but this time there was people around to watch it. All the people who would have missed that stuff previously because they were on the tube or they were at work were now just sat in front of their phones waiting for any content. And I just happened to be in a place where my brain was sort of being triggered by everything that was happening. And so I was putting out more content than usual. And I guess the I was just able to get more exposure. So I would have kept on going anyway but it just feels good to know that uh, things have been accelerated by the fact that people were around to watch my content this
2: year. Uh, I, okay. I, I mean, that, I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I think you're right in terms of during lockdown and when all this happened, people were craving content. But you've also, to, to say that's the only reason would be sort of doing yourself a disservice, I think, because like one of the things that you have been very good at is hitting on, is turning around, uh something that's very much of the moment, very, very quickly and doing it very, very well. And I think probably the, the paramount example of that is when Chip did his Stormzy disc. Mm-hmm. And then the speed at which you turned around mm. that video... Of your take on that was fucking insane, man. Mm. Didn't think it was me
1: that would murk you. Here's one for the tweet gang to chirp to. I'm a posh MC, but I make man run out of bars like a 10pm curfew. I'm so unholy, turned up to the clash on the back of a bright white pony. You may be the guy, but I can make a grown man cry like Angelina Jolie. Man's got whips, falafel, hummus, dips, but I know carbs go straight to my hips, so I could never waste time on chips. That's not me, no, that's not. I got things from Tottenham to Ascot. Car- I'm sorry, on a bad boy ting, man. We'll get dropped just like Arsenal's mascot. From
2: your point of view, was that just like, okay, this is, we've got to get this. We was it like all hands to the pump? Let's get this done as quickly as possible. This could go big if we get this out quickly. I mean, is that what you were thinking?
1: I think it was more. I mean, you know, the honest answer is, it was all hands on a pizza and Xbox controller at the time it all started to go on. Now, I'd already done a, a sketch that day and I was in bed eating pizza, you know, in the most unglamorous fashion. You know, I was using my, my, my four pack as a, as a sort of tray. And, um, you know, I was there eating, playing video games and I saw Chip and Stormzy had start to go at it. And I thought, you know, is anyone going to be in the mood for this beef? And then I went on Twitter and I thought, oh, well, you know, people really are in the mood for the beef because I can see it says Chip versus Stormzy, 7000 tweets. And this is maybe after half an hour. So naturally, I click on the link. And then my name is the first tweet. So I thought, hang on, what's, <laughs> you know, what is going on here? And it said, you know, um, Chip is sent for Stormzy, but the only person who really has 24 hours is Munya Chihuahua. I thought, since when? You know, since when am I now having to, you know, why am I being roped into this? The, the most the, the most I've ever contributed to the rap scene is 60 seconds in a posh voice. And now all of a sudden I'm being asked to wade in. I felt like one of those referees in the middle of WrestleMania, and The Rock suddenly drops a people's elbow on you just out of nowhere. And um, yeah, it was it was a case where I tried to ignore it, and the tweets kept on coming. And uh, I was just about to go to bed, and just about to close the laptop, and I had one Twitter message, uh, which wasn't the surprising thing. I mean, my my DMs are extremely dry, but anyway, I opened it, and it was from John Boyega, and he said you know, get down to a Shell petrol station ASAP. And at that point, I thought, look, once the stormtroopers start to raid in, I think, you know, this is, this is now gone beyond, you know, I can't, retu- it's the point of no return. So I messaged my editor and I said to him, uh, cause I obviously needed help to film the video the next morning. So I messaged him, I said, look, I'm going to need you up really early tomorrow. And he said, yeah, no worries, man. I'll, I'll set the alarm for 8 a.m. And I was thinking to myself, it's going to be a lot <laughs> earlier than 8 a.m., mate. And he got the call at about, <laughs> he got the call at half two. And yeah, the rest is history.
2: Um, it's one thing to do it in that time. It's another thing to actually do it well, because obviously you've had a, you've had a DM from a stormtrooper. A lot of people are saying that you've got to do this. Mm. So then you've got the pressure of like you could disappoint, right? So was that does that does that play on your mind when you're doing it, or do you have to distance yourself from that and just do what you think is good, just try and please yourself?
1: <laughs> okay, so once upon a time. I was working as a producer uh, at 4Music, and once upon a time, uh, Chip was the guest on that show. And so when he arrived, he arrived very late, and we were coming out of an ad break. We had about 45 seconds, and I was in charge of getting him onto set in time. And I said to him, "Uh, right, bro, we're going to walk you to the set, and I'm going to brief you on what's going to happen. And he said, I need to go to the toilet. I said, bro, we we haven't got time. And he went, So you've got time to brief me, but you haven't got time to take me to the toilet. And I said, Well, no, nurse, no, I'm going to brief you on the way there. And so at that point, you know, I, I established, wow, well, he wasn't very nice to me. And it sort of, I spent the rest of the evening, well, I spent basically the last two years thinking what I would say if I ever had to battle rap chip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: By the time they asked me to write about a battle rap, I was like, well, got this huge Bible. <laughs> I've been harboring all of that, all of that anger and, that's you know, amazing. all of those feelings and those bars in like, you know, for two and a half years. So it's really like a time. My time has come, you know? Wow.
2: Mate, that's so funny because you do, you do think, does that happen? If somebody, if somebody's rude to somebody, if like a on screen talent, Is is rude to somebody? Does that person harbour a grudge? Mm. And what I mean, the guess, the worst possible thing to happen is that they they end up being able to spit bars. I mean, that's the absolute worst that can Mm. happen, I guess.
1: I think the absolute Uh, worst. What a nightmare for Chip! Well, the absolute worst uh, actually did happen on that very same day. Chip was on the show. I, when I was a producer, I was very keen on coming up with the most stupid ideas possible. And one of those ideas for when we had celebrity guests was uh, a feature called "Heard It Through the Grapevine." In which we would have this uh, this uh, giant infl- this grapevine made of p- massive purple balloons, and they would be filled with different slips of things that had been said about the person on the internet. For example, is it true you paid this person this much to collab? Is it true that once this happened, they'd pop the balloons and then pick up the the slip, read it out, and then debunk it. Now, when you've got people like um, you know Anne Marie or um, you know Sam Smith on the show, whatever, they they're used to doing stuff like that, so it's easy for them. Now, Chip was on the show, and he was about to do this game. The only thing that happened when I devised this game is I I hadn't realised that someone would have to dress up as a a giant grapevine covered in purple balloons, and it was me. So, having had that encounter with Chip, five minutes later after him giving me daggers, I had to walk on, covered in purple balloons, and ask him to poke me so that little slips of paper could fall out.
2: That's great! Oh my god, mate, the magic of television.
1: Yeah, I just remember standing in front of him, dressed in these purple balloons and a green morph suit, holding a skewer, and just sort of telepathically saying, "I'm sorry, bro." <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, that's amazing. And so now you've got to you've got this situation where you have got you're signed mm. to a record label mm-hmm. now as unknown P. How the hell did? I mean, I don't mean how the hell that sounded like I was absolutely in disbelief. What I mean is,
1: how, how did that come about, man? So what I will say is that uh, in terms of putting out content, I put out videos for I put out two videos a week for over two years now. So one thing I I do back myself on is <clears throat> consistency because you know to do that is a big commitment. It takes a lot of brain power to write the videos, act in them, edit them, produce them, etc. So obviously, some people were noticing this. Whether you like the character or dislike the character, you were noticing. Okay, it seems to be popping up quite a lot. Now, uh, when I dropped two of my unknown Peace songs during summer, uh, obviously there was a bigger audience to watch them, and so people like them. And I decided, oh, maybe I should do a- an EP, just a fun one. I've done a YouTube series at the beginning of lockdown called Merkin from Home," where people like you know, novelist um, and Big Zoo, Lady Leisha, they've all got on the show. So I'm thinking to myself. Hmm, Maybe I know enough people and enough producers to make an EP. I'd received a message from this guy at uh, Atlantic, very high up. And he said to me, I just wanted to say well done on everything you're doing. Just regardless of, uh, I just think your talent is going to take you really far. Just wanted to reach out and say thanks. There was no proposition of a a music offer. Anyway, having read the signature at the bottom of his email, it jogged my memory when I was thinking about doing this EP. And I wrote to him and I said, oh, just out of interest, if I was going to do an EP, what do I have to do? I don't understand anything about music. You know, I don't know who, 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 how I make money from it. Da, da, da. And he just said, I want to make the EP with you. I want to make this happen. And so, yeah, one thing led to another. For me, it was just getting the assurance that, look, I understand that I'm not an artist. I want to do, all I want to do is create something that is a moment, doesn't sound crap, and kind of does justice to the arc that I've been taking this character on, and then I'm happy. Whatever your goals are, cool, those are your goals, but these are my goals. And he said, cool, that's fine. And then you know, here we are. That's I mean. So what stage is it at now? Like, are you recording? Or... Uh, so I've actually recorded uh, five songs already. I signed a deal for. I signed a deal uh, for for two singles to begin with because I wanted to see. Look, let's be realistic about this. If people like it, great. If they don't like it, no problem. But I'm not. You'll never catch me trying to rinse a character. You know, I understand the shelf life of things. So, let's go with two singles first one's out second one maybe we'll drop next year and if that goes well people have an appetite for an ep we'll do an ep but i've got the music banked
2: okay uh, but, but and you've just done you've just brought out this single piers morgan mm-hmm. which piers morgan has has taken notice of
1: mm. i'm like piers because i got more dough than female peers and the whole game got my name in their mouth like those turkish veneers and i'm like hackman cnmc on the block i'm robin in batman i'm a snatcher my new ticked bad margaret fat stacking caviar man snacking i send shots via royal mill and i never pay for the tracking i bleed blue so it's the tory party i'm backing and the first name ain't eden but i'm still a hazard when attacking go, go, go. were you
2: expecting that were you, i mean was that something i mean it's always on the cards with piers morgan that if something involves his name he's gonna he's gonna talk about it but um mm. it's pretty mad the take up on it isn't it it's
1: been brilliant man i mean realistically for me I think I already I already count that as a W that, that's already a win for me because yeah. ultimately I have to think to myself I've taken this I've started this character in my mum's living room in Norfolk in a little cottage called it was called Laundry Cottage in a little village called Framingham Piggott I've started it in there 30 seconds of improv it was and now it's been played on GMB you know Good Morning Britain already I have to just take a step back and say yeah that's the most I could have wanted from it In terms of the track getting traction and stuff like that, it's an interesting one because it's all working to plan. The last thing that has to happen is for me to go and GMB and then I can finally reveal this master plan of what I've done the character for, but I can't say it until then. But there's something incredible about hearing, uh, about visualising all the Dorothys across Britain nodding their heads along to me, (laughs) singing about big sticks with the corn in. It's an interesting one though, isn't
2: it? Uh, it's an interesting one because one of the things is, you know, obviously we've seen, you see rap parodies and you, you, you see, th- you've, we've seen a lot of that in the past. But one of the problems that I think music fans have always had with that is that it feels like somebody from the outside kind of taking the piss, mm. out, you know, and it's, it's kind of done without a, an affection for it. Whereas when you're when unknown Peters do it when you're doing it, it feels like this is somebody that actually likes the music, mm. but it's sort of taking the elements and, and, and putting a different spin on it. Is that something you were conscious of, or did that just happen organically? You know, how did that come
1: about? I always try and put a lot of thought into my characters, and every character has a thematic backdrop. There's some sort of social issue being dealt with by the character. But in in regards to what you say about my connection with music. You know, I was on Represent Radio for four years, which is a community radio station in Brixton. I was interviewing a guest. Uh, I would have a different artist on twice a week. Some, no, actually, sometimes even up until four guests per show. So I was meeting all kinds of artists, spending my weeks researching them, going through their old tweets and Instagram photos just to learn stuff about them, to appreciate them, to give them the best interview. I always wanted to be the guy on the show who would give artists the best interview they'd ever have. So I do have a vested interest in the in the scene. In the culture, when I devised the character, I was really toying with issues of class and racism and uh, you know prejudice. Because ultimately, in a nutshell, at the time that the character was conceived, people were demonising drill. They were saying, "Look, drill music is what black boys listen to," and then they walk out the front door and they kill someone. That is, you can you can boil down the the the, the narrative of the British media to that. Meanwhile, I'm seeing videos of, you know, kids in private schools absolutely loving Homerton B or whatever, you know, whatever drill was charting at the time. And I'm thinking, so what about these kids then? Why are they getting the pass? And I thought, cool, if your theory is that anyone who listens to drill does X, Y, and Z, let me embody one of these posh kids. And let's see if your theory still stands when we are kind of, uh, you know, when a posh person is performing drill. Now the character goes beyond, you know, Rapping in a posh voice, like there's there's hidden meanings and stuff, which I'm still waiting to talk about. um If we ever get onto GMB, but the point is, when you listen to Unknown P, if you're laughing at the bars, great. But if you're understanding that there's some sort of deeper uh, commentary on class, then that's also good. Because if you've ever said, "Oh, I like Unknown P because I, I I I can relate to the bars," or "I like the way he says them," maybe you're part of the problem. Because the fact is, a lot of the time, I'm literally saying what real drill rappers say uh but it's disguised in a posh voice
2: yeah and and how do you because you raise an interesting point there because this is something that is not just unique to drill you can you can take it back to when you know hip-hop like really blew up in the 90s and stuff is this this kind of this argument about the fact that the music is representing what is happening Mm. but it's being consumed by people who are who are completely detached from that and so there's a kind of a a voyeuristic element where you're kind of enjoying mm. this kind of these kind of violent lyrics by a community that you have absolutely no connection with. Mm. I mean, that is is that is that something that's in the forefront of your mind? I mean, I guess it is from where Unknown Peace coming from, but I'm
1: thinking a lot about the time when I remember this very clearly. It, it was the year that Britain decided that they liked Grime. And the Brit Awards, uh, there was this there was this one guy who worked on our radio station called Reese who did this amazing sketch during the Brits that year where he pretends to be Dermot O'Leary. And he was like, um, so tonight on the show, we've got a bit of grime sandwich between a bit of grime. And then we're also gonna have a bit of grime after the break, a bit of grime and a bit more grime. And it was like, we'd gone from a place where people had said, oh, grime's very violent. You know, shouldn't be listening to that. To then realizing people, it was kind of becoming really popular. And then everyone turned around and went, oh my God, I've always loved grime. Like grime is literally, like, literally I, I just, I can't go without it. And so, it was this process of, again, demonising something, watching it become popular, and then feeling embarrassed for not for not uh, you know for not being on that bandwagon and going yeah I love it too, and that's what I saw with drill, and so in a lot of ways unknown p is also about that people hated drill, start to chart it was in all the clubs and then you were uncool for not enjoying the music and so people kind of s- squashed down their prejudices and went oh yeah I've always loved drill. And uh, you know, I was seeing a lot of that, and I just wanted a way of expressing it. You know.
2: Well, it's great stuff, man. And uh, I listen. If I can do anything, I've got no connections mm. with the GMB, so. But if I did, I'd be, I'd get you on there, mate. I mean, I assume that's is that in the pipeline? Is that yeah, is that? I, I mean, looking it's, likely.
1: I think when I think uh, the posh draw wrap is taking us uh, is taking second place to uh, the vaccination of a global pandemic. So I, I understand. But yes, hopefully before Christmas it will happen.
2: So, is your eventual career goal to be so big that you would be number one over the pandemic? Is that kind of your, yeah. your eventual kind <laughs> of target? I think the day
1: that uh, everyone wakes up and doesn't think about COVID, but instead thinks, "Oh yeah, I wonder who who are known He's clarting this morning." That's when I know I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight-loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Rack your brains. You've been some thought. What was
2: the
0: first hip-hop album you bought?
2: So, uh, obviously, you're a hip-hop fan. Mm. Um, do you remember the first kind of records or was there an album in particular that sort of got you into it?
1: Yeah, so I remember Gangsta, DJ Premier, uh, Guru, you know, it was, the song was No Masties. Yeah. And I remember getting the instrumental for that and, and just loving how um, it was repetitive, but in a way that kind of, it, it sort of made me almost start to freestyle because you know I wasn't trying to predict what the next direction of the music was. I knew that the beat was constant. And then hearing him rap over it, and he's always, for me, uh, Gangstar have, have always been this combination of great beats, great punchlines, and also sometimes there's some there's some real storytelling in there. Uh, I don't even know how I ended up with the CD, to be honest, because I, I, I always loved DJ Premier. I knew that much. I would always search for his beats on YouTube. But yeah, Moment of Truth was my first hip-hop album. And I just remember completely rinsing it. Uh, I loved JFK to LAX. Again, I think the best hip-hop for me is where you can listen to it one day and only be focusing on the beat. And you listen to it the next day and you're only focusing on the lyrics. So when you're listening to to them together, it's just a pure delight. You know what I mean?
0: Yo, they got me handcuffed. I'm down in Central Booking. Things are fucked up the way my future's looking But i have too fly, I'ma change this scenario Make some power moves and tighten up my bankroll Chubs are levy though, they see me as a
2: threat I'm like the black Dutch Schultz when you get me upset 5-0 makes me wanna flip, Larry
0: Davis style Got a nigga depressed while he's awaiting trial It's okay though, cause from grey skies come blue Through darkness comes light and I be known as the guru and this I certify, we all should be alerted by the traps. Yeah, I, I
2: totally know what you mean. And I think I think Gangstar are a very good example of that because obviously Premier's production is absolutely incredible. And mm. so you could... I mean, to be honest with you, with Gangstar, that's always what grabs you first, mm. is, is, is Primo's production. And then Guru's got that voice, which is just amazing. And then, as you said, you start picking up on... What that you might not start picking up on what's actually being spoken about until you've heard it like five or six times, man. It's mm. like, and and, and some and other times you you'd suddenly get a punchline I I remember, like sometimes you get a punchline like a year after you started <laughs> listening to that record. It's man. I think you're particularly slow though, Robash, I think that's, that's yeah. That no, that I mean that is a that is a fair point. I was going to say that either means there's a real, that either means there's a real depth to the lyricism, or I just really am as fucking thick as we suspected. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, re- I remember, I remember, I remember going to see Gangstar mm. and obviously, like the Militia was such an incredible tune, and I remember like mm. Freddie Fox coming out. He started rapping, he pulled out a Super Soaker. I mean, actually, the imagery of it is pretty rank now when you think about it. I mean, they all had Super Soakers. They're firing into the crowd. I mean, it feels pretty... Not your, like, not
1: your best day to wear the white T-shirt, was it?
2: No, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but people around me seem There's to... An image. People around me start, seem to love it. Do you, mm. know, you know They're sort of screaming, off, 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 do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, took, it took the gangster gig into a, a really weird vibe, to be honest <laughs> with you and also I mean the other thing is we, we were lucky enough to have uh, to have Premiere on uh, on the podcast and I would uh, listen I would encourage people not to listen to it because uh, <laughs> while, while Premiere was excellent my sort of fanboyish uh, <laughs> disgusting kind of uh, behaviour my sort of sycophantic kind of Mutterings were 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 really embarrassing. We had to put a warning out at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> so it's pretty. It's a fucking low point for me. I'll be honest with you, mate. <laughs> um, and so you started off listening to Gangstar, and then what other stuff did you sort of move on to from there? Was that was it that kind of East Coast sound that you you listened to? Or we listened to everything. Uh,
1: I would say actually, when I think about it, although that might have been my first conscious purchase, my mum actually used to play a lot of music on the way to school. We went through a heavy metal phase, which was embarrassing. Uh, where you know what
2: sort of heavy what sort of heavy metal were you into I sort
1: of like um, you know I'd be getting ready for year, year two, a day of year two lessons listening to Slipknot you know <laughs> sort of charging to class paper cutting everyone wow. but uh, when we weren't doing that I was just we were always listening to Tribe Called Quest the Tribe Called Quest um, I remember like just being a kid and being yeah. like I don't eat no I, or was it I don't eat green eggs and ham because they're high in cholesterol I don't
0: eat no ham
2: high no, Hi. Hi. do you eat em? nope not at all Hey, a tisket a tasket what's a mama's basket some veggie links and some fish that stinks why just the mm-hmm. other day I went to grandma's house Smelled like she conjured up a mouse Eggs was frying
0: Ham was smelling
1: In ten minutes
0: She started yelling Come and get it And the gettings were good I said I shouldn't need it She said I think it should But I can't And
1: then, you know, just It was stuff that we could repeat yeah. So, you know, tribal Quest um, I then sort of transitioned from them into the far side I then went through a phase of really loving uh, Tyler Kweli Who, even now you know we talk about right. me- meanings looping back around. I was having a day uh, just the other day because I moved into a new flat, which is why there's a mattress on the wall. If this is not just this is not my anger room, uh, you know. And whilst we were moving in, I just remember being bombarded with work, and I had deadlines for brands I had to hit. I had sketches I had to do. I had this bloody, I you know, TV cabinet I had to assemble with like a kitchen knife because we didn't have any screwdrivers. And in that moment, whilst I was sort of on all fours, riddled with splinters, I remember this song by Talib Kweli called Everything Matt, where he's talking about um, everyone wanting everything from him, from all different directions. And yeah, sometimes it takes, you know, assembling an Ikea piece of furniture to really sort of bring out the bring out the lyricism in a Tyler Kweli chat. Yeah. Becomes of a dream deferred That never makes it to the world To be seen or heard Do it breathe? Do it die? a heartbeat? Is it alive? Do it leave? Only to become a star in the sky? I believe Scratch that I know This ain't my full potential Only use a 10% of my mental on instrumentals But incidentally My energy heavily Can he be so ill? There ain't no pill on the remedy The maker of memories Possess the recipe I mean, he's
3: someone that, like I, I think I've listened to, like, The Blast I think it, I know I took the fist out of you, Rob But, like I think about the blast. I've probably listened to that track like over a thousand times. I was thinking, I actually don't really have a clue what that track's about. But like, I don't think I've, I don't. it's mm. it, He's so it's so dense, isn't it? And like, yeah, he's a he, he's amazing. But like, you have I think, feel like he's one of those people you have to actually study, and like, you can't. Yeah, if you have it on in the background, you get very little from it. You really gotta like properly go in deep with him.
1: Hundred percent, man. It's one of those things where sometimes. It depends what mood you're in because I, I I don't know how accurate this is or whether there's any studies to to actually provide clarity on this. But I have mates who always seem to exclusively be able to pick out lyrics from a song. Me, I barely ever remember lyrics Same. from a song. Yeah. I just remember how it makes me feel. I just remember how what mood it puts me in. And so people think people think I'm I'm less of a music fan, but I am. Like there's some songs I listen to a thousand times and I still don't know the lyrics. <laughs> we
2: were doing. I don't know if you remember this, Ben, but we we um. Ben and I were filming in America. We did a show in, in the States. And one of the, one of the things that we were filming, we went to a Lupe Fiasco gig. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was like me trying to, the whole setup for it was I was trying to basically make friends with Lupe Fiasco. That was, a, that was the whole setup for the thing, right? And so there mm. was a bit where I'm sort of stood by the side of stage. And he said to me, I'm going to bring you on in a bit, right? And I love Lupe Fiasco, right? Love him. And then there's a bit where he was like he was he walked up to the front of the stage and he was handing the mic Mm. to to members of the audience in the the front. And they were spitting like word for word, whole verses from his tune. And I and Mm. instead of enjoying that, I just shit my pants that that was going to happen to me because I knew that I wouldn't (laughs) be able to do any of it. And you sort of think that it'll make me look like such a non-fan, but I totally relate to that. I am such a fan of it, mm. but it is... Unless it was go Gadget that... Flow,
3: that's probably the only one you could probably have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Chris Martin's bit in Superstar. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what? You're joking. That's the bit he got me to sing. I mean, you're taking a piss. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard was Ron singing that to a stadium full of people. and then shuffling to the back of the stage oh god oh that's hilarious. it was it was so bad it was bad it was bad
2: (laughs) i totally relate to what you're saying it's like you Mm. you know what the song's about you know what the sentiment of the song is but you just don't Mm -hmm. remember and also I mean the other thing is is that you consume so much music do you know what I mean I mean that's part Mm -hmm. of it as well but I think Ben you made you made a good point about with like people like Talib, and actually like you know Gangstar Tribe the the groups we've been talking about you do have to listen to them do you know what I mean like you can obviously Mm -hmm. you can have it in the background but if you want to get what you really want to get out of that song, you've got to actually you've got to make that the main thing that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. not a background. It can be a background. Yeah, thing. Just
3: what is the blast about? I can't I can't it's like that's probably the most part, but I honestly like I can remember like little like lines. I he I know he gets his name mispronounced. That that's the mm-hmm. bit that really uh but apart from that, I couldn't tell you what it's actually uh, about. But I love it.
2: I've got to be honest, I was just very scared that you were going to start to do some of his lines. I, I just thought it would be too... <laughs> my my, my arse, I would completely close up from the, just the awkward... But Lupe,
3: Lupe, Lupe, is kind of different because he started and it was much more accessible. He just then became, unbelie- like, yeah, he just he just sort of went fully conscious into, to like, mm. yeah, he kind of became much less penetrable.
2: yeah.
1: I find it hard to listen to very conscious rap for long spans. Yeah. Because it's just this bombardment on the brain. Yeah. You know, that's why sometimes I do lapse back into, I'm not really sure if you categorize it as hip hop, but like some of the modern stuff, which is just quite uh, monotonous and droning in some ways. Sometimes I fall back on that. And I'm absolutely gutted because I fell asleep to gunner for one night and i'd had the track on repeat and it completely sk- skewed my spotify wrapped and makes basically it's given me the the, the music taste of a 14 year old hype do you know what we
2: did uh, we did an ad for this podcast for spotify wrapped and my kid like like yeah. I, 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 they said to me have a look at your past Spotify raps to see if you can talk about it during the junior ad for the thing. Last year, my number one listened to song for 2019 on Spotify mm. was I'm Not Evil by Tiffany Haddish from the Lego Movie 2 soundtrack because my kids <laughs> are just on it all the time. And I was just like, I can't read this out. I host a fucking
3: hip hop podcast. Like, this
1: is mental.
3: I have to say, like, actually, my I've got a two-year-old daughter... And like it ruined Spotify. She's ruined Spotify for me because now I I mm. can't. I, all that comes up when I look at it is Coco Melon and like kids. So actually, actually, genuinely stops me listening to music now because like my it's just mm. full of shit. Yeah, don't have mm.
2: kids. On the on the on the other hand, though, what you can do is you can freely listen to like Willy Bum Bum whenever you want. Yeah, and, nice. You know, you <laughs> know, you can just blame it on the kids. Undercover. So there is an upside. Yeah.
0: Hey man, what's your favorite hip hop album?
2: In terms of, like, your favourites, who would you... Is there an album that sort of stands out to you as kind of your, your favourite of all time? I know it's a tough question. We ask it to everybody. No, no, but... yeah,
1: yeah. I have a friend called um, Trent, who's an absolute music head. You know, you it's really hard having a conversation if you ever go around his house, because he's always got music on so loud, but he loves it, he lives and breathes it. And he uh, sometimes gets on the verge of just straight up punching me in the face, because I do this thing where I listen to music And when the song starts, I skip straight to the middle to listen to a few seconds in the middle. And I decide in that moment whether I like it or not. And he hates it so much. And I know it's the most disrespectful thing you can do. But like I said, sometimes you get into the middle and you hear that three seconds and you go, oh, my God, I got to get to the beginning of this because I can tell already. And so I'm I'm a skipper, basically. I skip through songs. I skip through albums to see if I like them. And if I have to skip through a certain amount of songs on an album, I go, yeah, this one isn't for me. The only non-skip album, I think realistically from within the hip hop realm is Kendrick Lamar, Damn, where I can listen to it start to finish. And I just think, perfect. Apart from Humble, but that's nothing to do with how the song is made. It's just that sometimes I don't like songs that everyone likes because it's sort of, I just like that feeling of finding hidden gems, but of course you've got to make singles. Mm. So with that aside, Kendrick Lamar is the album that I'll put on on a plane when I'm falling to sleep because I'm so used to it by this point, it's therapy. Oh, yeah.
3: I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA, cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA, I got power, poison, pain and
2: joy inside my DNA. you lit conception not transform like this perform like this with yo you one new weapon I don't contemplate, I meditate they off your fucking head
1: this that puts a kiss to bed this that I got I got I got I got real
2: I mean it's a combination of because you sort of talked about conscious rap I mean Kendrick has got a message in his lyrics but is mm. it it's um it doesn't come at the expense of his stuff really like banging right I mean it's like you don't feel like you're being hit over the head with a message because no. there's musicality to it the guy's like next level in terms of his lyricism mm. the way he puts songs together is so incredible so it doesn't quite feel the same as, as as other stuff like that does it? No
1: and the thing you've got to remember about Kendrick is he is so clever in using his voice as an instrument you know the way he always does this thing where he goes into this high pitched voice you know yeah. or he talks really fast almost like on the, on the verge of, of kind of being chipmunk-esque um, you know, all of those things, the, the manipulation of the voice and the way the voice sounds is part of the musicality of it. And so it means even if he is talking about something quite conscious, you are listening to it being delivered in in a way that kind of in such an unconventional way. So I feel like as in, in terms of just somebody who covers all the basis of punchlines, lyricism, structure, surprise always having an element of surprise with how he delivers things and then just the instrumental selection and the samples, there's so much going on that you can just you get something new from it each time for me anyway mm.
2: I mean is it have you considered sort of I mean you're moving tomorrow right I mean maybe tonight is your tonight just fall asleep to that album maybe you can sort of de-skew your your playlist or something Oh I mean, wow! Well, you know at this point I've about. just
1: I've just accepted my fate of, of you know I'm, I'm apparently a certified Gunner fan now so I don't want to I don't want to let down the team <laughs> But no, I think tomorrow. I think the next. I think the next time I'm on a flight, I will. That that's the that's the go-to. Damn, for sure.
2: Mm. Oh man! Hip hop In terms of anything you don't like about hip hop, is there anything that bumps you bad, or anything you're not as keen on?
1: Well, I think it's got to be you know, and this just make me sound sort of archaic. But with the new school of hip hop, you know, new money hip hop where you go from some of the lyricism and punchlines of, of like Gangstar to, you know, someone like Future, who I'm sure is a lovely man. Uh, but, you know, it's literally, you know, i put my thumb in your ass. It's just like, hey, whoa, hold on. You know, what's the message here?
3: <laughs> well, it
1: feels pretty clear. though. No, was going to know why you're confused,
3: man.
2: Yeah. Like. Sort of,
1: yeah. But do you know what it feels like to me? It just, I can't tell if it just feels lazy. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've got the, the world at your fingertips. Uh, the sele- You know, when, you, when you're when you an artist of that calibre, the selection of beats that you must be getting through and the concepts and the writers you could be working with, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like a cop-out to me. But then again, at the same time, sometimes you're in the mood for that. Uh, not the thumb in the bum, but, you know, just for the music <laughs> of that nature. Yeah. And so, yeah, I get it. It's light and shade, but I don't know. When you when you when you start when the people you first start listening to are Gangstar, a tribe called Quest Quest, you know, Royster Five Nine, Tyler Kwali, you feel a bit cheated when you then hear that kind of music making it to the top.
2: Do you think um do you think that partly comes from what who you are as a as a as an act, as an artist? Because I read an interview with you where you were you were talking about what your sort of your long long-term ambitions were. One of the things you said is you wanted to be indelible rather than being famous you wanted mm. your what you did to be indelible mm-hmm. and so somebody like kendrick strikes me as having that same kind of mentality he's he's driven first and foremost by the art mm. and somebody like future i might be wrong future might think he's making masterpieces and, and that's that you know if that's the case then i apologize to future but um it could just be he's just thinking well this works mm. uh, so i'm just going to keep doing this do you know what i mean because this is providing me with this lifestyle and whatever you know it, it, it could just be that he's coming at it from a different a, a different starting point than you maybe true and you don't relate to that kind of true i mean true. do you think that's
1: well yeah i remember seeing a, an interview with drake where he said uh i think it was a, a video interview and he said something like i make music for girls i'm good at it it works and that's why i do it and it was like in that moment i i, I felt like okay fair enough you know your formula you know you're good at it you know power to you not sure why I don't feel the same as future uh, with future but I think it could be a case of I've been in situations where I can see something works you know when I first did my own MP character people were hounding me for it and I thought it's just too easy for me to just do that week on end and also it's just it doesn't take, it doesn't require any part of my brain to keep thinking of posh things to say. I want to challenge myself. You know, that's not to say that I'm, you know, I'm the cream of the crop of, of of aristocracy, but what I'm saying is I could, it was on. it was on a plate for me. And I thought I'd be lying to myself. If I knew that what I was going to, if I kept doing this, it would be of quality. So my interest lies more in sort of when you know, you, if you get the inkling, you can do better. You should. Mm. if future feels like no nah, this is me this is like peak me this is peak music I'm going to make then fair enough to the guy but if there's any part of his brain that goes yeah just oh, I just keep churning them out because you know it works I just think to myself I I, I wouldn't be able to live with that
2: yeah I mean I, I read the um, it's two people that sort of spring to mind when you sort of talk about that and and one is um, and I don't know how familiar you are with them or if at all but like I read the Beastie Boys book and, mm. and they talk about they talk about when they're making their albums. And every single time they made a new album, they would basically destroy or abandon all the rules they'd set for themselves in the previous album. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? To just try and reinvent themselves or do something completely different. And the other person I think about who's who's like that is Kanye, you know, mm-hmm. love him or hate him. Every single record, you couldn't argue that that, that guy has found what he does mm-hmm. and is continuing to do it in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're right. It's, it's, it's a way that different people view it. So what's really interesting to me about that is are you, is there part of you that thinks, oh, fucking hell, like that would be, that's so easy. And you actually, it actually pushes you away from doing that. Like if you found unknown P difficult, more difficult to do than you do, mm. that might make you do it more than you're actually inclined to currently. Mm. So sort of, you want to be challenged rather than be smashing it numbers wise. Is that, yeah, is I,
1: that how you feel? The thing is, I'm trying to understand as best as possible uh, the nature of, popular uh, popular content or, or the, the nature of like media consumption so sometimes you can do something that gets people to a fever pitch where they're like more 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 and it feels like the second you give it to them they go oh, i'm bored of it now and it's almost like when your impulse is telling you to give them more you have to say nope sorry that's it for now i mean it's the supply and demand tactics that you'll be seeing used by brands like supreme and all this other thing you know it's like once it's gone, it's gone. You're with Palace. Once the clothing's gone, this line's gone, it's gone. And that's why people still love the brand. Uh, and people kind of continue to, to have an appetite for it. So what I'm very much trying to do is just keep on. It's like I'm putting my foot on the gas and then taking it off the gas. Uh, not in not to an extent of being lazy, but basically finding the right times to really accelerate to my top speed with a certain idea. I'm trying to create longevity, like you said, Romesh, because... Ultimately, social media, is it, it feels like fast food. I don't think we're used to seeing things last on social media for a long time. And I'm trying to, in some ways, change that by just being very thoughtful about my content and being very thoughtful about the time of that content so that people can enjoy the videos now and next year and the next year after. You know, Although people have said things like, oh, you know, you've had a really good 2020 or you know, you've really helped to save 2020 for some people, I don't want you to be defined by this year uh you know I want my content to outlive the span of 2020.
2: I'm so glad you said that because I've got um I've got a travel show coming out next week and somebody Mm. was kind enough to tweet me and say saw that you're on tv next Sunday as if 2020 couldn't get any worse (laughs) so you but you both you know we both have our own connections with people you (laughs) know this year during the during the pandemic you know we mean different things to different people you know. Have you been to many, uh, to much live hip hop? Have you been to many gigs and stuff?
1: Um, let me think. So my first ever, uh, my first ever gig was actually Tiny Temper, and it was a festival called uh, Underage Festival, which you know leads you to question the motives of the person organising it. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: it's a weird festival to gravitate
0: towards. It? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it
1: is. Um, you know, I was probably just—I uh, think I was like in year nine, so you went there. Tiny Temple performed that was the first time I saw the difference in seeing music performed live um, but at the same time I went to see Migos perform at the O2 Academy in Brixton and I didn't enjoy that I really like Migos music I, I enjoyed the fun they have with it even though kind of it veers towards the, the future type stuff you were saying earlier but I enjoy their music I just remember sort of being shouted at for three hours by people on rotation <laughs> I thought You know, maybe some of it doesn't translate that well live. But then you see other people like when I went to uh, the BBK takeover at the O2 Arena, which was, you know, where was everyone from Skepta to Giggs to Drake and just all of their friends. That was explosive and that was just wicked. Seeing Kendrick Lamar again, uh, O2 Arena, on the fence with that one, because I don't know, man. I I still can't decide whether I like the sound of rap live. Because ultimately, the voice that you hear on a record when someone's rapping and not having to project is always going to be such a different voice to when they're having to project to an arena. Whereas singing, it's like a note's a note, you know? It's
2: a very interesting point. I hadn't thought about it like that. But like, if you take somebody like... Because I was at that uh, the, the Kendrick gig at mm. the end two, And I think what you said about the musicality of his voice, actually, you've got a situation where probably Kendrick... Is less well suited mm. to live than than other rappers because, like, I, I, you know, you sort of think there are some rappers that just belt out their lyrics. Do you mm. know what I mean they're not they're not playing with the tone of their voice in that same way? So they can turn up and just spit loud, and it mm. and it's kind of similar to what you're hearing on the record. Mm. But like you said, Kendrick, somebody who plays with the intricacies of the vocals or whatever, you're never really. It's difficult, isn't it? You're not going to quite get that, I no. don't think, and it's.
1: And, and I think I've I got to say at this point as well, you know, I'm making these comments from the perspective of a fan because now I've got a single out. People might say, look at this guy. He's t- talking about performing live stuff. I would crumble live. You know, I honestly, me trying to, I would sound like a, a, a sort of lockdown announcement from Boris, you know, trying to do my posh lyrics on stage uh, loudly. So, you know, I'm talking from the perspective of a fan. And all of us, to be honest, sure. probably couldn't do any, we probably couldn't get anywhere near the, the level of kind of difficulty it requires. But yeah, as speak yourself, can, speak yeah, yourself. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Bendrick ben, ben, ben 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 Lamar, yeah. Ben. Ben yeah. Ben ben Lamar <laughs> over there. Really, really uh, slam me away. <laughs> oh, <there>. oh. Bendrick <laughs> Lamar! <laughs>
3: Fucking hell.
1: That's going Man. straight on sure. the LinkedIn after this, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and you're
2: not, there's no credit either. Uh, I don't think you get getting a credit for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be on a Tinder profile somewhere soon. <laughs> oh, um, no, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what mm. you mean. Um, and
1: uh, what are you listening to at the moment? At the moment, I'm listening to a lot of Teyana Taylor because she's a really interesting one as well. Now, I think she'd fall within hip hop, but incredible voice. She can rap. The instrumentals are incredible. You know, in some ways, Kanye's protégé, he worked with her on the very short-form album she did. I think it was called Rose in Harlem, or at least that was one of the lead singles off it. She's just incredible. And her her album, uh, the album, is is just, again, there's just so much, uh, there's so much gold in there and there's so much variation. Bit more than a little bit, the more than a little bit, but I ain't calling no names out, no, no free promotion. Nah, ain't late, I don't do do dating. No sneak diss, no sneak shit, that's just how I was raised. Had they get it out soil, I've been down, I've been loyal. When you're really holding down, niggas ain't he really down for you. Oh no, what a shame, ten years in a game. Niggas like you ain't hot, you ain't pop, yes up, but you and yay. Also been listening to a lot of, um, for some reason, I got really into Faye wop again over lockdown. Oh really? Again, t- if you want to be talking purest hip hop, you may not fall into that, but... I really enjoy what he does with his voice as well, and um, you know some of the instrumentals he uses. So yeah, I think lockdowns lockdowns brought a lot of the, kind of a mix for me. There's a, there's one artist I really love who I'm not, I wonder if either of you have heard of him. It's called Lancy Fo. Have you ever heard of him before?
2: No, I don't. know I don't know. No. I don't
1: know. It's very new school, but in terms of like we talk about people who you're drawn towards because of the way their voice sounds. So you know I might usually listen to like a Dwe or a President T. Uh, Lancy Faux is like that. And I think when you think about the stigma attached to being unmanly in London, for instance, everyone wants to put on this deep voice. Da da da. I don't think he's too much bothered by that. Uh, obviously, you know the themes of his music are still very masculine. But in terms of experimenting, it's a very sort of rock style, uh, a rock style um, interpretation of hip hop, which I really enjoy. Don't talk back, relax We chop off your leg and we chop off your hand. We go he said that We try to talk but you don't understand Militant soldier, man, hockey man Came with a black Taliban. You must forgot where the fuck I'm from You must forgot what I'm on You must forgot yourself on ID, Tapping and scrolling alone. I was saying no to violence I'm not alone. alone. You got pagans and you're fighting But you're doing it wrong How could I beef my brother shit? How could I beef my blood? How could I beef my brother shit? How could I beef my blood? I'm just trying to find new ways to kind of, I try to steer away from mainstream stuff as much as possible just to make sure I'm really kind of exploring music, the best that's out there, you know? Mm.
2: And then how does that relate in terms of, because obviously with your videos, you're putting out Mm. stuff that's very of the moment, you know? And so I guess you have to be across all of that stuff. Do do you have to Mm. do, do you listen to stuff and and, uh, immerse yourself in stuff for work reasons over and above um enjoyment reasons or or does it tend to be that they coincide?
1: To be honest, I do I, I really enjoy what British music has to offer in the sense of there's always a the debate of oh US or Britain. I, I I think I think we're sick. Do you know what I mean? Like Hedy One's album came out, I listened to that. Uh Giggs is out Giggs's tape came out, I listened to that. You know, I always try and listen first, just just so I have an opinion on it. But I do immerse myself in that world but but it doesn't feel like a laborious task because I take a lot of enjoyment from, from UK music. I think, you know, we've just got a different calibre of producers and lyricism. And, um, you know, the way that Brits use words and structure sentences and semantics and all of these things, it's very unique to us. And so I, I enjoy kind of, I, I think, you know, Brits are intuitive poets, I'd say. And so sometimes there's something you get from listening to to British, you know, to, to Britain's iteration of hip hop mm. during lockdown or the last sort of nine months. I've basically been uh, obviously listening to yourself, and then
3: just like hours and hours of battle rap over the last like mm. 10, 15 years. But what, I'm I'm become I'm so bored of me talking about it. I don't you don't seem. <laughs> I keep sending him stuff to listen to, and he doesn't have doesn't seem to like give a shit. But <laughs> like, I, which just actually what you're saying about the UK. I think that like. When you, it's really interesting comparing the styles even with that like the the wordplay and everything from from the british rappers are just so much better and like not always mm. there are some amazing american guys as well but like mm, mm, um but yeah it's, it's interesting yeah i feel like i feel like it, it, it there's just I may, and maybe it's just because as being british you suddenly relate mm. to those punchlines and those kind of those mm. sort of words more but um i, I think i yeah i think i agree
1: well listen to this so did you know that uh, Meek Mill actually tweeted some of my lyrics during summer? What? Really? Yeah. So let me explain what happened. So last year, I did my Fire in the Booth with Charlie Sloth, right? Yeah. It's like uh, I-, I thought that was going to be the epitome of the character, yeah. being able to do a real Fire in the Booth, and I was kind of really scared about how it would be received and stuff. It was great. People were really nice about it, and I thought, brilliant. Okay, cool. It's had its it's had its moment. Probably die down now, but it didn't. This year, for some reason, the Americans found it and they didn't understand that I was a parody artist. So they thought, oh my God, look, they're like, look everyone, look at this British guy. Like they literally rap about crumpets and tea. And yeah, the first bars of the of the uh, freestyle were, you know, riding round in a rover. If I see Oxton, it's over. I'll send man straight to Jehovah when I take shots like M Sharapova. And yeah, Meek Mill tweeted that. And I just thought, what? My mind was blown bro you have to read the comments under the fire in the booth now it's all americans and it will be like you know unknown p doesn't um, break and enter he like he forces he forcibly inf- infiltrates with polite intentions and stuff it's like just loads of memes in the comments and it's that's so great amazing. and that's why if lockdown wasn't happening i would just say to a production company let's go out there and let you do a hip-hop tour of america as unknown p and just see how how many of these people we can hoodwink. That is crazy. That would right? be, be an amazing
3: feature doc. Mm.
2: So, Munya, uh, we're almost out of time. Mm. Um, what, is, uh, what is next for you, mate?
1: So, um, I think that next year, hopefully will be the year that I can just take some of that 60-second comedy and take the kind of the rapid sort of gag rate and the really tight production but maybe move it to something long form like a tv show or a netflix special or just something a bit more long form to bring the characters to life a bit more being able to do that uh, you know the piers morgan single and just for people being able to see what would happen if we had money to make a music video and we recreated this well we recreated we basically like a sort of mafia-esque shootout where you know the guns were firing out Panaschokalars and stuff like that, and we were having a sword fight with Bentley keys. That just made me think, okay, cool. With a bit more money, these videos could actually be sick. Yeah. But seeing people fall in love with some of the characters that I've just made in my little living room, drawing on you know silly tattoos with marker pens and stuff that like that low budget, the the love they have for the low budget stuff I've done makes me think, okay, don't change the formula too much um so just finding a way to kind of i don't know a, a more glossy version of what i have been doing and uh you know if, if people want more music then there will be more music i really enjoy making music um and i really have a newfound respect to musicians because of how difficult it is but yeah i i have no intentions to let up and i just want to keep pushing the bar and uh you know keep exploring satire because i never thought i would ever kind of step foot within that arena but it feels like I've got like a toe in at least, and I just want to really establish myself in that realm.
2: Well, um, I mean, mate, you're absolutely smashing it. And if you haven't checked out Munya's stuff, Um, obviously not just Unknown Pete all of the stuff he's doing it's fucking brilliant
1: so make sure you do check it out JLS all of that Um, you missed my uh, self-deprecating JLS no I liked it I liked it you just didn't laugh okay
3: fine (laughs) I get it well it's been great no I think we actually (laughs) thought it was
2: JLS sorry yeah that's no actually yeah part of me thought fuck me was this this guy actually in JLS and I've liked this up (laughs) I can't I can't believe I haven't um (laughs) I haven't acknowledged that. <laughs> um, uh, ben, has it been? How's it been to be on with Munya? Have you enjoyed it? Did you? I think you handled yourself all right.
3: Yeah, I don't think I. Well, I don't know.
1: Was I all right, Munya? Was it all right? I didn't. Well, it wasn't. Put it this way, it wasn't a, a Ramesh uh, DJ premiere moment. Okay. <laughs> I left a compliment on Yeah, you did. You did manage. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been good. Do you know, what? a lot of the time you don't get to. Um, I, I actually love sitting down and talking about music and a lot of the time that's one of the time th- the, the things people don't really make time for so it's been good to kind of just to reminisce about those car journeys listening to tri- A Tribe Called Quest you know those were the good old days you know yeah 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 uh,
2: Yeah. well look Munya you've been absolutely brilliant man thank you so much uh, for coming on Hip Hop Save My Life um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed Ben
3: right.
1: why do you have to end it like what a weird yeah that's uh, you started it weirdly. that sounds it like an OnlyFans review awful. it is only yeah that's what they say at the end of, a, of an OnlyFans subscription. Have you enjoyed this service? <laughs> oh. uh, Please start. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> um, Thank you, Munya. Uh, this is me, Roma saying bye. And also goodbye from uh, Bendrick Lamar. Thank you so much. <laughs> Peace out.
0: <laughs> Planning for your next trip?